longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you today. We are going to be talking about ABC Monsters, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Humpback Whales. Now, right now, we're talking about, we're talking to Willie about the new Leica production film, Kubo and the Two Strings. Willie, happy to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. Thank you. Nice to talk to you about this film because I'm... I just saw the film, and there's a lot to talk about because Leica Productions doesn't really release a film very often, and when they do, they usually see what the time and effort goes to. So tell us about your overall thoughts with this film. I thought it was as perfect of um, an animated film as any animated film could possibly get. I absolutely love this movie. I I couldn't agree with you more. Now, before we get into um, this specifically, would you say that this is by far some maybe the best Leica film has um, released, because, even though they've only released like three feature films before this. Oh yeah, I think of the um, small sample size from them, this is definitely the best out of all of them. Now, uh, this film is a good mixture of both of CGI, but also to keep this, the art form stop motion alive, which is I'm very thankful about. I'm th- thankful for the studio because it's a dying art, and I'm glad they're continuing it. So um, what do you think that makes stop motion so captivating than other animated films, other different forms of animation? I think stop-motion animated films are the equivalent of an independent film. It gives it its unique flavor. It makes it different from what the big studios are putting out there, from what the ordinary is and making something so unique and different that we can't take our eyes off of it because we're not used to it. Definitely. And there's also like a stronger connection, well, at least when I see stop-motion films with the characters, because they do seem more lifelike, but not to a point where it's like CGI, where they look entirely real, but they just, there's a... A stronger connection, at least I have, with a stop-motion character than I do with maybe, like, a CGI character. What also is great about Laika Productions, this summer has been full of remakes, reboots, and sequels and adaptations that Kubo is one of the only films that really had an original script and storytelling. So let's talk about the story and what particularly you found fascinating about it. What I found fascinating was was the visual storytelling that this movie had. Mm. The fact that... That, yes, the script itself, some of the dialogue lent its way to spelling out the message for the younger kids. For the older ones, you could really get a feel for the theme and the tone and and all the essential things about the heart of this movie through the imagery. And it's funny you bring up the stop motion, because I feel it in this instance, the stop motion gives the movie a sort of fluidity. You know, it's not nothing's perfect, but it, it kind of flows with waves. The, the you know the way the characters walk and and the way they look, and it really went with this serene, calm sort of cinematography about this film. And definitely with the origami scenes as well. I mean, that's some of the most fluent and mesmerizing uh, sequences of stop motion I've ever seen because of just how Kubo uses magic to create these stunning figures out of paper. And oh, you might, it's interesting you mentioned visual narrative because. Uh, that's what film is. Film tells stories visually. And I don't know if you if you caught this. I, I'm assuming you did. But there's a scene, without giving anything away, where Kubo fights the second sister. And this is after that intense battle. And there's no dialogue. I don't think there's even any music. All it is is just of the frame. Each frame shows the emotion and even loss of our protagonist. Uh, I wanted to see if we can talk about that scene and, w- and how it struck you if, you, if you know the scene I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. To me, that's just a testament to how universal this movie can be, how it appeals to all ages. Because in a movie, a lot of the time, especially nowadays, we're so used to noise that the power of silence in a film is so substantial. And a great director will follow up a scene of of great noise, of great action with silence. Because that keeps our attention in that moment. Actually, Kubo did that a couple of times. Um, there's a scene earlier after, I think, after a, a comic scene where they're walking in the woods and all you hear is the score. You know, but other than that, it's, it's pure serenity. I think that contrast is what, is what gives it its mature flavor. 
and you mentioned uh, mature. That's what's also great about this film is because even though it's like you consider a children's film, they don't ever talk down the kids. They don't belittle them in any way. This is a film where, yes, they have the comedic moments and also have the uplifting moments, but they also mention constant life with death, life and death that, yes, appeal to the teenagers or the adults that are watching this with their kids, but I feel like kids can also get it too. And that's what I adore. They regard children's intelligence. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakeslee. And today we're going to be talking about the films Kubo and the Two Strings, Humpback Whales, and ABC Monsters. We're going to continue our conversation with Willie about Kubo and his Two Strings. And I just got done talking about how I, this film did a fantastic job not be living in kids. Uh, what do you, um, would you like to add anything onto that, Willie? Um, yeah. This movie is actually really dark. Uh, without giving too much yeah. away, it's about a kid who loses a parent, and then he goes to try and search, you know, for the for the necessary tools to protect his heritage. Actually, he loses both of his parents, you know, and and then some of the um some of the scenes with like with the sisters and the grandfather, it mixes like these horror like elements, and I think in general it's hard to put a genre on this movie, which is why I think mm-hmm. it's. Uh, which is also why I think it's universal because it's not just some some happy animated comedy. It also makes you think. Yes, totally agree. I feel like this film was a mixture of both Coraline with the very dark, maybe not as dark as Coraline, but still that dark kind of way of filmmaking, but also that thinking of like Paranorman. Paranorman made you think as well, but I feel like this is the perfect blend of just uh, dark and grim, but also thinking and feeling because this film does make you think but also i have to admit i got pretty teary-eyed towards the end with kubo confronting his uh, cruel grandfather played by magnificently by ray fines i got i got pretty teary-eyed it's about uh, your story never ends it's just carried on through generations generations so uh continuing on that streak of just like making you think and feel do you feel like this film do you feel like we need more? I think I know what dance you're going to take, but how do you think this film relates to like other children's films and how can other filmmakers learn from this movie? I think the biggest thing other filmmakers will take from this, and I think what makes it so special for the kids, is that it speaks to its kids with a certain respect. You know, this is now, mind you, this is no easy feat for a seven-year-old. To me, this film is the equivalent to a seven-year-old, but something like Cloud Atlas or The Tree of Life would be to a teenager or to an adult. It makes you think and it makes conversation, but it's never so, you know, pretentious, if you will, to yes. where a kid can't get it. You know what I'm saying? It, it, puts, it puts things so simply, but so beautifully that, that it looks more artistic than, you know, than what some pretentious film would ever look. Totally agree, and that's why this film, I I hope more people go see this film, and especially since Leica Studios don't produce a film very often, they're one of, those, they're one of the studios where, even though they don't produce a film very often, they take their time and to work on their craft and technology, not only with their animation, but also with their storytelling, because they know what stories to pick and choose without it being automatically based off a, a source material, and that's what's also very refreshing about this film, is because of that, so... Uh, let's talk about uh, the voice acting in this film because a lot of great voice actors are in here, as I mentioned. Oh, wait, Ray Fiennes, Charlize Theron, Michael Mc- uh, Matthew McConaughey. So how do you feel like they, they get into these characters? Because I didn't see them, actually. Well, I mean, I, I stand by the theory that you can't have a truly good animated film without having solid voice acting. Be- you know, because those are what the characters are made of as far as aesthetics go is the voice of the actor. So the actor has to portray these emotions, the, the comedy, the drama, the horror, just with their voice. And when you have veterans, you know, Oscar winners and nominees like Charlize Theron and Ray Fiennes, McConaughey and Rudy Mara, um, it just makes, it just sweetens the pot so much because not only are you enjoying the beautiful visuals, but you're also getting, you know, master classes of voice acting. But also what's added on is it's not distracting though. I don't see... Matthew McConaughey, oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. I, I see Beetle. It's there's some films where it can be distracting, like Rise of the Guardians. I see Hugh Jackman. I don't see the Easter Bunny. I see Hugh Jackman, and that's what's also a great blend of both direction and acting is that it's not too distracting. Well, I also think it's a mixture of the 
the advertisement. You know, the, the advertisements for the movies, they weren't really selling on the fact that, you know, Ray Fiennes and Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey were in here. They were selling simply on their, on the story and the filmmaking. That's also a good aspect. That's also another aspect that, that helped out as, as well. Uh, so let's also talk about the message of the story, because I got quite a few messages. But uh, what did you get out of this film? Oh, my goodness. Um, how do I put this uh, <laughs> so that I don't go on a tangent? It's a movie about storytelling and creating. It's a movie about, and, and I mean more than just, you know, arts, more than just books or crafts. It's about creating your own sort of story and then telling it for other generations. But the, the biggest thing about it that it says to me is that no matter what life will throw at you, you have to keep telling your story. And your story will have so many bums and it'll take so many turns that even you're not aware of and you're the star of it. But you just have to keep going and you have to make something of it. See, that's pretty much what I got about it as well. So two minds think alike. Again, it shows you the kind of maturity, but also respect they had this film has for children. And that's another example of it. Uh, so really, how many, like I need to ask, but how many stars would you give this? And also your age recommendation. Um, I would say this is one of the easiest five out of five stars I've given the summer, and I recommend it for ages 7 to 18. Totally agree. Well, thank you very much, Willie, for talking about Kubo and the Two Strings. It's a pleasure as always. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed my time. Well, this film is out in theaters now. Please go check it out. It's definitely worth a watch. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by The Jungle Book, out on DVD now. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i pretty much took over this radio show right now the power is all mine we're going to continue the show talking about abc monsters starring mnop humpback whales and another review of kubo and the two strings right now i have with me morgan we're going to be talking about abc monsters now on dvd and also the show was sponsored by disney's the jungle book so morgan uh tell us about what abc monsters is for the people who do not know well this is basically an animated cartoon adventure which is like a blend of silliness, singing, puzzles, <laughs> mysteries, exercise, and games. And it's, every uh, DVD has like a different four letters or a couple letters. 
that go missing in Capital City, and then or Capital Castle, and then everybody has to like take Alice, Brian, and Cherryberry kind of have to go and uh, find clues in the alphabet book, and then they go and find the missing letters by using the clues that the book gives them, and then like usually each clue starts off with the letter, so. If it was M, like, they had marbles and mole and, like, a bunch of stuff like that. So every uh, clue that they have usually starts with the letter that's missing. And they have to find the letters, otherwise all the letters from all the alphabet books will disappear forever. Very interesting. Now, it seems like a very educational uh, DVD that kids can watch. So uh, what are the things that it teach you besides the alphabet? I would also say that it teaches you many things such as directions, how, ways to solve problems, phonics in general, as well as counting numbers, writing, and spelling, because those are like the main lessons uh, in the DVD. Each and every episode has counting or writing, and you all get to have that fun experience. And at the end of each episode, they usually have like a little exercise video, so you get to make the, like the little, little letter M or whatever with your body. So they kind of use that as, like, exercise, so the kids don't get bored. Sounds like a fun interactive lessons for kids. So what also does this uh, DVD have? Does it, is it just the show, and all, but does it, or does it have special features on it? Um, it's mainly just the show, and that's about it, because it's just about that, and activities are the things that you learn in the episodes, but it doesn't have any really bonus features or anything like that. Well, interesting. Uh, so let's talk about the animation in this film. Cause it does look. Why did we search this? This looks like a very campy, cute little animation and very colorful. So, um, what did you think about it? This animation is actually very cute and adorable, and it just—it kind of makes you want to like just bring it back to your childhood, really, because it was so bright and silly and colorful. And you, I actually really like the way that they did this because it captures your att attention and it's fast-paced and entertaining. And they didn't really talk down to the kids. Like, some cartoons are like, what the, you know, they'll, like, go into a cave voice and then they'll kind of, like, be kind of weird. But this one was actually just kind of like you went on an adventure with your friends. Hmm. Interesting. Now, um, what, are, what are the things in this uh, television show that, that you enjoyed most about it? Um, the characters were all pretty different. That's one of my favorite things. Because the voiceovers all matched the letters and they were believable. And it was easy to listen to, and it was not over the top. And the various voices made it very easy to follow and show all the different letters. And that was actually kind of cool, because kids who are younger are going to be able to remember, like, the letters M and O and P in this DVD because of the different characters that they got to see. And the, and the various voices just made it really fun and adorable. And it really fit the characters pretty well, because each letter is totally different and very original, which I liked a lot. Sounds like it's an they have some adorable characters in here. And also, it's very important for to teach kids about writing and reading and the alphabet, because when I grew up, I loved reading, and I loved learning about different words and, voca and different words of vocabulary, so this show seems like right up my alley. But I'm a little bit old to watch something like this, but I'm glad that kids nowadays are able to be exposed to such a campy, cute little show. So uh, what would you say is your favorite character in the show? Um, my favorite character is Alice, because she was uh, adorable and very sweet and helpful and innocent. And I love the ways that she supports her friends, uh, Brian and Cherryberry, while they're trying to find the missing letters. And she's kind of like just, kind of like one of those people who you want to follow and be friends with, because she's so happy and bubbly and adorable, and you're like, Oh my gosh! And then when she's doing exercises and everything, you just kind of like fall. I found myself singing to the songs that are the fun along and doing the exercises because of the characters. And Alice and Brian and Trevor were just so cute. And it, it really brought me back to when I was five and six. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was just like flashback Friday and throwback Thursday. That sounds adorable. Well, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to be talking about the films Humpback Whales and Kubo and the Two Strings. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan about ABC Monsters. And this show is sponsored by The Jungle Book. 
Now, Morgan, we also t- we also t- we're continuing talking about ABC Monsters. How many episodes does this DVD package uh, consist of? And if so, how? what was your favorite episode? It has uh, four uh, episodes in it, one for each letter. So one's M, the other one's uh, N, the other one's O, and the other one's P. And it's each about uh, which letter, and so like what episode is about an entire letter, which is very helpful because then children don't get confused. And my favorite letter in the alphabet is O, and one of my favorite episodes to watch is Odd Jobs and Octopuses. That's funny. And I think it was actually really funny and a really funny title. And I loved this episode because it was just silly, and I liked all the fun words that we learned, and it was really cute to watch. Because I liked the way that they incorporated many different ways to use the letter O. And the letter O was actually very quirky, too, and I liked the way that he solved the problem with his odd job. It was very original. Because he got all the letters together to help him with all his odd jobs. So he actually had like a bunch of people helping him or letters helping him. And it was actually, it was really fun because it teaches kids about teamwork. And that's actually a very important lesson for children to all know because later later in life and in school, they're going to need to learn how to work together as a team. Sounds like some very good life lessons. Now, you mentioned before in this interview that this, this show doesn't talk down, you said that they don't talk down to kids. How so? Well, they have a narrator who kind of narrates the story and everything, and she asks you questions and such. And that's actually kind of better than having the characters kind of talk down to me, because the narrator speaks in the same voice every time, so you're kind of like used to it, and you're like, okay, now I know what to do. And when in some other cartoons, it's kind of like it just, talks down you and makes this like baby voice to the kids and it's just weird and that I don't really appreciate because kids are smart. We are very smart and I'm happy about that. We're smarter than what some medias take us for granted for, but uh, it's also great that we also want to learn. We're kids, and we want to, we, we crave learning, but we want to be taking it in respectfully, and it's good that we... Nowadays, I feel like children's media has done a lot better than uh, back then, because we don't, they don't usually, they don't talk down to kids. They know kids are smart, but they also know that they want to educate kids in a respectful manner. Uh, so, what would you say the age range for this show is? I think the appropriate age range for this is probably three to seven. Like, kids will actually love this show because it is just so much fun and adorable. And younger kids will probably want to watch this show because it reminded me of being a younger kid. And it reinforced that learning can be fun. Because us kids are, like, usually in school and we're like, oh, it's so boring. And then you would, like, go to this and you're like, oh, my gosh, I could just sing and dance and yell at the answer without uh, raising my hand. And that's actually really fun. And... The cute teen monsters always make everybody smile. My mom was even laughing during this and pulling along too, which I was just, it made me laugh. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just so cute. And it's quirky and fun rolled up into one DVD of four episodes. And then younger kids will be able to learn many new things, like how to write and spell and directions and all these marvelous things. And then they'll be mm. able to tell, okay, well, now I'll be able to do this. And for when they go to school, they'll be ready and prepared. Sounds like it's just all wrapped up in a one beautiful DVD package. And uh, do I need to ask how many stars you give this? Well, I would say give this four and a half ABC alphabetically ordered stars. Sounds like it's a wonderful DVD package. Thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about ABC Monsters. Thank you for having me. This DVD is out in your local stores, so please go check it out. It's ABC Monsters starring M-N-O-P, so go check it out. But let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Disney's The Jungle Book. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our kids' first film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. This is the Kiefer and Morgan Show. We're going to be talking more about Humpback Whales, the documentary, and Kubo and the Two Strings. And we're going to continue our streak of reviews here with Morgan talking about the documentary, uh, IMAX documentary, Humpback Whales. Uh, so Morgan, this documentary covers something that I love. I love film, films about the ocean. And it's always been a fascinating subject of mine. I've always found it interesting. And one of the big things I love are whales. Now, this documentary seems like it deals with the uh, humpback whale migration. So um, tell, us about, tell us about this documentary. Well, this uh, documentary is amazing. It is really, uh, really cool because it tells you many wonderful facts about humpback whales, such as like when whaling ended and when did it start how many whales there used to be and what the population is now. Because they only had about 50 breeding females that were still alive in the 1970s. And now there's over 2,000, which is actually quite amazing. But that's only 40% of what it used to be before whaling started. And it tells you all about these amazing facts about them. And it's mainly about that. And... It shows you pictures of the whales, and it shows you footage of them. It like it's kind of like you just went scuba diving, and without getting wet, you're like, wow, that was just really amazing. And it was really beautiful and spectacular to watch, and just dazzling. That's wonderful, especially since it's IMAX. And by the way. For those of you listening, I apologize. It's not about the humpback migration. It is mostly just about whales in Alaska and Hawaii and just res- and a scientist researching them. So I apologize uh, for that correction. Anywho, did you by any chance get to see this on, in an, on an IMAX screen? No, I got to see it on DVD. Ah, that's a shame. That's a shame. But uh, I am guessing, since this is an IMAX film, that... If you if you're at home and you have a giant big screen TV with surround sound that is is almost exactly the same as watching it on a screen uh, and on, on the big screen. Yes, but one of the newest features to the DVD is that it is in 3D as well as Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. So be able to check that out as well. 
and you can be able to play that on your TV, and that is actually really cool, and it's an amazing format. Definitely. I mean, we've gone very, we've gone so far. IMAX is the future. I've seen some films on the IMAX screen, and it is breathtaking to see what you can produce on the IMAX screen. What kind of interesting facts did you get from this movie? Um, I got some amazing facts, to tell you the truth. I had no idea that uh, they ate almost 8,000 hamburgers a day. Now, if you think about that, that's like, that's even more than 1,000 pounds. That's like a million pounds. And that is actually how much they have to eat because they only eat in Alaska and Antarctica, where the cooler regions are. And then when, mm. they breed, when they're breeding and they are in the tropics when they do that, that's when they make babies and breed and mate. And that was actually kind of surprising to me because they said that the bigger a mom is and the bigger and the more they eat when they're in the colder weather and in the colder climate, the better mothers they'll be because they'll be able to last longer with their babies and they won't die at birth. And it was Very just, interesting. Yeah, it was actually really cool because you got to learn about a bit about the ge geographic because they show you on the map where Tehuna was, which is a little island, which is eastern Australia. And they actually make a 10,000-mile migration every year, which is actually, like, if you have trouble walking a dog, this is going to be a bit much for you. So do not keep them as pets. A big out or a <laughs> would be good, but like a couple of my friends were like, we want uh, whales for pets. I was like, I am lending you this DVD so you can learn about them. And this is yes. great for the entire family, too, because they'll just sit back and kids will be in awe and adults will just be like, wow, that's amazing. I had no idea that was true. And so will the older kids. And everybody will just be mesmerized by these beautiful pictures and stunning images. Well, that sounds like a, a total treat for the family. I love documentary films that are able to is totally bring you into the world of nature, and that's the power of documentary filmmaking. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blake. Today we're going to be talking about the films Kubo and the Two Strings and Humpback Whales. This show is sponsored by Disney's The Jungle Book, which is now on DVD now. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan about the Humpback Whales documentary. Now, this uh, movie was narrated by Owen McGregor, who is a very highly regarded actor, did a lot of work. Uh, what did you think about his narration during this film? His narration was actually very amazing and actually really cool because he's a Golden Globe nominee and I, who I love and adore from the movie Moulin Rouge. And his pace was just really, really nice. And he had a soothing voice and it fits this movie perfectly because it was just, it flew off his tongue and you were like, it just was... You could enjoy the images, and you were like, wow, your voice is just amazing. And he actually narrated these facts very well, because it seemed like you weren't even learning anything. It was just because you were so mesmerized, and, but it would stay with you. It would stick with you, and you'd be like, well, I had no idea that even happened or anything, you know. So it's kind of great, because you're just it's just amazing the way that they said it. And the writing from... Stephen Judson is actually easy to understand and memorable, so you'll remember it forever. Certainly. Now, I took a documentary class, and we, while we were filming our documentaries, we kept saying, we need somebody to narrate this. And we'll, we'll just think about all these people who would, they would like to narrate the documentaries. Like one of, them said, one of them, of course, is Morgan Freeman. That would be like the best the, the dream of a documentary filmmaker to be narrated by Morgan Freeman. Or... Tom Hanks, that would be another person to be narrated by. Just some of the most iconic voices in film to be in these documentaries. It, we, it's fun to joke around about that while we were in that documentary class. But while we were in that class, we also we were taught that whenever you're making a document, documentary film, there's usually a call to action. So uh, what does this film uh, in general teach us, and what are they telling us audience members uh, to pretty much to do? Well, it's... It's the, uh, the moral of the story is basically to stop whaling and to help the whales out by relocating boats as well as slowing them down where the migration is happening with the whales. And also to look up oneworldoneocean.com slash humpback because that will give you tips that will let you know how you can be able to help these amazing creatures. 
and it's also telling you what facts about them, as well as telling you that you should help them by not polluting, and it tells you where you can look up, and it also tells you that even though a worldwide ban on whaling is ha uh, happened, and in Tahanga, they found out that tourism was better than whaling because they used to whale for oil, and get, it was easy profit, really, because they had so many whales over there yes. during breeding season. And But there's three still countries who are whaling, who are Japan, Iceland, and Norway. And because they do it for just weird reasons, like they do it for commercial and profit, and as well as just eating them, which is very sad and just not unfair. It's just, it's just upsetting, really. It's sad. It's, a, it's, it's incredibly sad. Yes, it is. That's still going on, and the, the waiting population is still... It's still pretty low, and that's, again, a great message to tell kids, especially at a young age, also with this documentary, is to call to action, to be more aware of this sort of stuff, because whales are beautiful creatures, and we should stop whaling, and we should stop using our resources in that way, and I'm glad at least we have some certain laws against it, but we are still going to have films, wonderful films like this that teach us these wonderful morals, so, um... Morgan, what is the age range for this film, and how many stars do you give it? Um, I would give the age range of probably 7 to 18, and adults will also like this film, because it's just the perfect scene for the family to sit back, relax, and love it. And one way you can be able to help the whales, if I did not mention this earlier, was you can look up oneworldoneocean.com slash humpbacks, and that will give you many reasons to be able to help them, as well as finding out ways they can be able to help them. And then I would say the stars for this is five whale-jumping starfish because it was just perfect, amusing, and I loved it. It was just left me in awe and just made me want to keep on watching it over and over and over again. And I kind of wish it was just a little bit longer because I could have watched it for hours on end all day and all night. You've got bird-eye views of these amazing creatures and water views and... It was just like you went, you went skydiving into the ocean and then went scuba diving as well, which was just perfect. It sounds like a, a whale of a time. So please, um, thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about Humpback Whales. This thank film you. is out on DVD, and please go check it out, and also go check out the website to see how you can help. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Disney's The Jungle Book, now on DVD. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and we're going to continue our show with Kubo and the Two Strings to end, to end off the show. And I think this show has been going all right, all right, all right. I need to say that because Morgan here went to the premiere of Kubo and the Two Strings and got to interview quite a few stars. So, Morgan, tell us about your experience. Oh my gosh, it was simply fantastic. I got to talk to so many wonderful people, such as Patrick Osborne, uh, Mark Haynes, Chris Butler, Travis Knight, Adrian Stalker, and so many other wonderful people. And I got to talk to Deborah Cook, as well as Taro Gatto, and Matthew McConaughey. Alright, we got to talk about... Matthew McConaughey. So, what kind of questions did you ask him? And is he really as beautiful in person as he is on screen? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm still swooning. I'm telling you, he was just adorable. He was so kind and everything. And the first words out of his mouth were, hello. And I was just like, I think I'm going to fall over and die. It was just. So what kind of questions did you ask him uh, regarding about the film? Um, we, we were only allowed one question each. So I asked for a two-parter question, and remember when I asked him if he was good at origami? He said, no, he's not. He said he, he gambles, but he's not very good. But his wife and his daughter are amazing at it. And I said, how are the Olympics? Because I'm watching the real, I was watching the real Olympics. They just ended. And he said that it was amazing. And he got to go for nine days, and he said that he absolutely loved it because it is actually winter there, but it's really hot, and you have to watch ping pong as well as volleyball and swimming and running, and he said that he actually loved it. And his wife and him actually had a little dispute over the volleyball because his wife is Brazilian, and yet he is American. So, uh-oh, team. Well... Team America all the way, am I right? Well, actually, no, Brazil was doing a lot. Well, anyway, that's the real Olympics. Let's, talk, let's continue talking about the film. What about the other people you talked about? What was some, well, who was your favorite person besides Matthew McConaughey that you interviewed, and what kind of questions did you ask them regarding Kubo? Well, I got to talk to Art Parkinson, who is Kubo, and he is actually Irish, which was actually very surprising to me because you can really tell he has an Irish brogue because when I talked to him, he had it all over, and I was just like, wow. And it was actually quite amazing because a lot of the people who are in this film were from other parts of the places like Britain and so many other places like Iceland and such. And it's actually amazing that all these different cultures are coming together and making this one film, which was about Japanese culture. And I actually got to talk to Art Parkinson, and he was just adorable. He was so kind, and she just made me, he was just cute and funny, and I just, like, loved him. He was so nice to talk to, and I think I was first to play Kubo, because you could really see that this was Kubo. This was really him in real life. What kind of questions did you ask him? I asked him, what was it like being able to play Kubo? When did he start acting? And the backstory behind that is his mom was actually an actress. But then he wanted to be an actor, so he got into a couple of things, such as one of the TV shows, which is actually super amazing right now and is a big deal, called Game of Thrones. And he also got to do uh, Dracula Told and a couple of other films. 
And ever since then, he's been continuing his acting career, and now he's doing Kubo. I'm a huge Game of, Thrones fan, Game of Thrones fan, so once I saw he was in the film, I'm like, oh, yes, I love him in the film. So I love him in the show, so it was great to see him um, branch out and continue his acting career in voiceover work. Uh, sounds like you got to interview a lot of people and got to do a lot of good stuff. That's fantastic. It's always fun to do. Uh, what would you say was your favorite response from your interviewees? Um, I think Chris Butler, he's, um, he actually, before, because he directed and uh, wrote Paranormal, and I got to meet him as well as Mark Haynes, who was, and Chris Butler, who wrote Kubo, and yes. they're actually doing another project with a lot of girl power called Nyoma, and I am very excited about that because I love girl power, and I got to meet <laughs> Niall Stevenson, and who wrote Naomi, and it was just amazing meeting all of them, really. Well, it sounds like I had a fun time. I got to meet some amazing people. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're going to be talking about the films Kubo and Two Strings, ABC Monsters, and Humpback Whales. Right now, we're going to continue our conversation with Morgan about Kubo and Two Strings. Now, Morgan, you also got to see the film along with meeting a lot of the cast members and crew. So, what did you think about the film? The film was absolutely wonderful. I love the way that they were able to incorporate origami into this film because a lot of people never really talk about it or it's never really one of the big subjects. And this time it really was because Kubo has the power to make origami come to life. And that was just something that's never been done before. And that's probably one of the best parts about the film is that it's coming up with new and interesting ways to be able to make things that nobody ever talks about come to life. Couldn't agree more. Once I saw that it's about a boy who was able to use magic to fold paper into these stunning origami figures, I, I was hooked. I'm like, that's so original. That's so fascinating. I I love it. And I, I'm so happy you got to meet the writers because those writers are geniuses because it's something original and unique. But what's also great is that the film is followed by mesmerizing animation along with great storytelling. So uh, what do you think about the story in this film? The story in this film was just outstanding. I loved it. I just liked the story so much because it had girl power along with just it's an amazing storyline. There's twists and turns and I really like the way that it was just perfect really for both age ranges as young and old. And it's hard to find an origami movie and an original movie as well that uses origami as the main base, and it was just simply genius. And I know nobody thinks that, I think nobody will ever think that a monkey, a beetle, and a boy in origami will ever work out, but it really does. People need to make more films like this, because it was perfect. And I hope everybody marked August 19th on their calendars, because that is the exact date they should have seen this film. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's a must-see award-winning film. It's going to win billions of awards in my eyes, and I just loved it. Unless Disney takes it all, which usually is usually what happens, and that's and for good reason. They Disney produces some of the great animated films out there, but I hope Kubo gets a lot uh, a big following because of its unique storytelling and its unique way of executing that story with stop motion. So, yeah, I'm rooting for Kubo all the way, but you never know. Disney may surprise us. They, they may give us something like uh, another Zootopia. But uh, enough, about, enough about Disney. I love you, Disney, but we're going to continue talking about Kubo. Uh, so what do you think about the music in this film? The music in this film was actually very original as well. I liked the way that they were able to make it into like more of a Japanese culture. They would play a Japanese music, and that was actually just really perfect because it was so original and so different. And not a lot of people actually think about other cultures other than American culture and, you know, just their culture and what they're doing. And I think that people need to make more movies about other cultures because kids need to learn about this stuff. And even though I don't feel like you're learning anything, you are it. You are. Because you're learning about, oh, well, this is what the Japanese believe in. And their culture, that was just really amazing, the way that they put this all together. Yeah, well, the director, Travis Knight, um, who directed this film, uh, actually had a fun time researching the Japanese culture for this film because he, he directed Box Trolls, which was the last uh, Leica film they made. 
the, the last film that Lycan made. And it was, he said it was funny that how he jumped from researching this kind of punk rock Monty, Monty Python kind of style films, uh, kind of style filmmaking with box trolls to beautiful Japanese lore. And it was, it was quite a jump. And again, that's what's great about Laika is they, they really expand the storytelling with different, with different types. They go from box trolls, which is this London type of feeling, which to Kubo, which is Japanese, Japanese lore to Coraline and Paranorman. They did some amazing films. And I got to meet Travis Knight, who was just stupendous. And you can actually look up my interviews on kidsfirst.org or on Kids First on YouTube and look up Kids First, Morgan Birch, Kubo on the Two Strings, and then my review as well as my interview will be up there. And if I didn't make this clear, I met Chris Butler before because I also got to do, do the privilege of being able to meet him at Paranormal. And I did not get to meet him at this event, though. Well, that's fantastic. Well, how many stars did you give this, and what would be your age range? Five out of five stars. It's that simple. It's just amazing. I give it magical origami stars, and I just... This was a heart and soul film, and I loved it. And the right age range for this was probably 7 to 18 and up, because adults will absolutely love this film, as well as kids. But I think if they're um, under 7, they might get a little scared, because there is the crazy grandfather who wants the eye, and the uh, evil sisters and all. So I kind of feel fair. Like, if your kids do know this is all fake, and they might be, they'll be perfectly fine, but if they don't and they believe this, then they might be a little bit too scared. Well, this film can be dark, but it is followed by such more, some of the most intelligent writing and amazing animation I've ever seen put on screen. So yeah, definitely worth watching. Thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about Kubo the Two Strings. This film yeah. is in theaters, of course. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley. And if you want to see more of our reviews, interviews, red carpet events on the latest films and DVD releases, go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, please go check out our blogs from our jury. We talk about different concepts about film and different things, different opinions and theories about films. We really were caught in them. And there's amazing writings from our fellow film critics that they do. So please go check it out. We are sponsored. This show is sponsored by Disney's The Jungle Book, now on DVD. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.